to are listening to Tupac. Hello, if oh, you boy. hear me. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> if you hear me. Hello, if you hear me. Hi guys, welcome to Righty's House on Ringer FC. Hopefully your new year's going well up to this point. And we're going to be talking about the FA Cup, talking about Marine. That was an unbelievable experience. What it means to both sets of players, the elite players going into a game like that and the non-league players, obviously nothing to lose, but what it means to those guys. Going to give flowers to Fran Kirby, Chelsea's Fran Kirby, because she deserves them. And I'm going to be giving a tactical breakdown of Shrek Forever After. That's what I'm going to do. And my guest for today's Writers House is going to be Jeanette Kwashi and Ryan Hun. Hope you enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. For a capable SUV with intuitive tech and safety features designed for all your family's adventures, check out the new Hyundai Santa Fe. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Everything dogs do, they give their 100%. Feed them food to help them keep giving it their all with Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Nutro, feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Made with non-GMO ingredients, trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. Did you watch the FA Cup, Jeanette? Did you watch the yeah, stuff? Yeah, we watched something really, over the weekend. The only thing oh. I was missing from this weekend, guys, was was the crowd. We needed the crowd for this weekend. Oh, yeah. my God. It was Surely such a good round. Surely needed the crowd. Marine needed the crowd. It was such a good, it was such a good round, honestly. And yeah. it was really nice to watch, kind of, because I guess the thing about the FA Cup is one of those competitions that you need it in football, even though the powers that be sometimes they try and really diminish what it is. Mm-hmm. You absolutely mm-hmm. need it yeah. because you yeah. need to be able to, to, to tie in the lower league clubs and the elite clubs in a comp, this all encompassing that you get the pure, the purest level of football. And for this weekend where you still kind of have those lower league teams in, we really saw that of course with um, Crawley and Marine and Chorley. Chorley it was just yeah. like, Wow, this is I, I love this, and it 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 just gives people hope that oh, one day I'll be able to play against I don't yeah. know a Gareth Bale or whatever it may be. So it was amazing, and I don't know yeah. how it was for you, Ian. You know what it was, Jeanette. You know, I was try- I was literally Ryan. Got- <laughs> Ryan, I was trying to literally for the whole time I was up there freezing. That ain't <laughs> no place for an old black man, a fifty-seven-year-old black man that cold. You look warm, no, man. Your, your coat and your hat, the, the TV drip. I'm into it, you know, Ian. I'm not going to lie. But when you popped up on the TV wearing that hat, the amount of people like, we need to talk about this. Right, <laughs> <laughs> the Marine Ultra. I'm a Marine Ultra now. Me and Shara had on the same hat the day before. And I thought, I'm not wearing that hat again. I want a proper woolly hat. Yeah. But the point I was going to make, Ryan, is that the whole time I was up there, I was trying to make... That, um, you know that joke about if Tottenham were playing in my back garden, I'd draw the curtains. And I couldn't get to make the, I couldn't get to get the joke out. I couldn't do it. And I'm standing there and Gareth Bell is literally mad at the end of his garden. That for me, mad, that's mad, what the FA mad. Cup can do. It was, a, it was brilliant to be there. There was that amazing shot of this guy stood the other side of the fence and just Mourinho like sat there. <laughs> it's just, like, 
It's like you've got to watch your son at the park. Yeah, I would. I don't know, man. I'd, I would have been like, I mean, I probably wouldn't have done it myself because it's a bit weird when a grown man does it. But if I, you know, if I had a kid or something, I would have been like, right, yeah, here's a stick. Just like, just keep poking. Just poking, keep poking, yeah. him, keep doing that. How could they miss that opportunity? If you're an elite player in, in that kind of instance or you're going to a ground like that, do you get yourself up for it? Like, is it is it yeah. quite a hard thing to do considering you used to play, you know, week in, week out in front of tens of thousands of fans? Because I've watched the FA Cup from such a young age and you've seen upsets and we nearly had one with that guy. If he hit that, if he, he hit that shot, he'd come off the bar. I'm not saying that they would have gone on to do anything because if I'm going to be totally honest, right, Jeanette, that, t- that Tottenham side was so... They were so um, intense and they were into that. Mm. They were so into that game. And when you hear Mourinho saying, um, you, the way you show respect is to beat them. You mm. beat them. And when the, what you want from the non-league guys when you're, when you're playing, Jeanette, is you want them to respect you for the level you're playing at. But if you go there and you don't match them for that first, and then, and then you start to get, your fitness will start to tell and then you start to do the movement. And that's when they start to realise the levels that they're at. But as a professional going into that, the, the, the lowest team I played, I would have probably been, it would have been Yeovil. It was mm. Yeovil when we played. And, and because Yeovil was a kind of a giant killing team. And I remember like, they were all there, just like we were at Marine the other day. But there was more, there was a better chance of Yeovil maybe causing an upset with us than with Marine with Tottenham. Because when we got there, it was just, it was brilliant. The pitch was fantastic. It was wide. It had everything we needed. We needed space. So if they're going to close us down, they're going to have to do really well. And then we beat them. We beat them 3 and it was quite comfortable. And what was really good about it, and this is what was good for the Tottenham fans as well, is that everybody went there hoping that they was going to lose. So they have this big <laughs> cup upset and then you just go and just like put in a performance like Tottenham's professional. Mm. When you're finished, all the, play, all the players, the manager, the fans, all they've got to do is, is, is say nice things about you, how professional you were. And what it makes those players think, Jeanette, is that's the levels. Yeah. That's the level. And yeah. that is what I wanted to try and do, especially when I played against the over. To be fair, I did score a hat trick. It kind of... Oh, oh. Why'd you always Sorry. leave those details to the end? You know something? Because like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I should throw that in. I scored the hat trick against them and I was just like... Is that one of your 11? <laughs> <laughs> but you know the thing about as I'm speaking I'm speaking oh shit I haven't even mentioned that I scored the hat trick should I put that in or does it look flash now it can't be flash when you've actually done that when you're a lower league team and you're playing a, a club like that do you think are you a spectator almost on the pitch is, is that kind of how it feels you think for them where they they know they're playing and they're here to, to turn up and to try and do something but also they're kind of watching what's happening around them that's quite a weird paradox you know I think when 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 <laughs> when Gareth Bell first came on, I think three people got in and around him, probably to ask him for his shirt. It's the real, it's not the real world. What we saw there and why the FA Cup is so amazing. And it's unfortunate the way it's demised over the years, but it will never demise as long as I'm alive. It'll always be alive and be the best competition for me. Because the FA Cup is the only competition in the world that can give you that scenario where Gareth Bell can come off the bench at Marine and you are playing against him to the point where you're probably here and he's there. And when in their wildest dreams was that going to happen, apart from when that ball comes out of that bag and it's Marine okay. against Tottenham? It doesn't. When's it that going to happen? It doesn't. Magic of the cup, mate. It's, a ma- it's the magic. magic. Of the cup. It's the magic of the cup. And it's, it's, the, it's something that whatever happens, 
And, and what, the way Gareth Bale just kind of like every time got but touched the ball, no one could get near him. So, you, so they couldn't even get near enough to him to maybe tackle him and stuff because he just popped into this hole, popped it off and he's gone again. It was just like... <laughs> It was it was brilliant. Can I ask you to be in the elite athletes on the podcast? You always do this, Ryan. Why? Because I'm like on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> I wanted to ask you. So, right, you played in the FA Cup, Jeanette. You're obviously elite Olympic, athlete. Olymp- she's been to the Olympic final. Oh my god, guys! That's still like, making a noise when she fame. dropped that in one of the. Yeah, it's still clanging. You know, like when you drop a pot in the kitchen. You drop the how much does say for example the environment that you go into affect your performance being being like professionals in the league mm. do you still only see say for example Jeanette like the same eight lanes or like right the same pitch do you, does it kind of stop outside of that because because the thing I'm thinking for example is like like I was watching the West uh, the Stockport West Ham game and about halfway through the second half I was like this pitch is about to get fun. <laughs> you know, like Salt Bay. It's like, <laughs> yes, man. Yes. Sprinkle. The pitch is just like, <laughs> some we, need to, we need to sprinkle some chaos on this football <laughs> pitch right now. Like, make it rain, make it rain. And it started to get really, really fun. And I was thinking like, does that affect you at the very top level? Say, for example, if you have treacherous conditions or is, it, is there still like a mind zone that you go into? Go on, Jeanette. Like a state of mind. Yeah, listen, I, it's, it's the occasion, you know. Ryan, it's definitely down to the occasion. I feel like even if it is hailing it down or it's super duper hot, the performance will always come because of the occasion. So you need to know what's at stake. I think that that is the main thing. Like if there are medals on the line or titles on the line or whatever it may be, that is what will get you up for that particular competition. I think that's that's where the best athletes probably are able to, to to push on and push forward because like like right you said you don't want to be embarrassed I guess when you get to a certain level people are almost vying for you to do badly and you're you have that in the back of your mind so if the occasion is is a hot one then you have to make sure your performance matches that but not everybody does that you know some people can go completely the opposite way and mm. they need attitude yeah some people need a crowd I mean, some mm-hmm. people need like you know other things other external things to make them perform that way but if it's intrinsic and you can go out there and make it happen with your team or by yourself then i think that that kind of yeah, that's what separates you from being the best i think you, you know what was, uh, what to add to that I remember George Graham would always say things like goals are the same size. What I would say to a team if I was um, a manager in there, I said, we know this situation, but we've, we've, we've moved on from this situation, but now we're back in it. So we need to get back in there. But what we can bring to that situation is a professional attitude yeah. in respect of output and what's at stake. Like Jeanette's saying, it's medals at stake. You know what I mean? It's qualifying. It's what, whatever it is. So like mm-hmm. you say, do the eight lanes look the same? For me, the, the football pitch looks the same, mm-hmm. but it can be different because they will purposely like dig the pitch up so it suits them because they know we want to pass it about and they know that's what our game is. You know what I mean? They, they, they want to make it as uncomfortable as we can. But like you say, when you're younger, you've been through that. So you just have to slip back into that mm-hmm. and then you know, let the, 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 the professionalism and the skill and the, the training up to the point take over. But it's all attitude, right? Yeah. Do you think do you think the lack of crowds this time around would probably help the bigger sides because it's just more like Yeah. 
there are less yeah. distractions or so, you can't hear like someone's grand in the front row yeah. being like fuck you Gareth Bale <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you ain't fall from grace Gareth yeah, nice one Gareth yeah. <laughs> you're not in Madrid now mate yeah. you're in Marine I don't know why I don't know why someone in Marine's got a fucking ex- Essex <gasps> accent <laughs> like, what are you doing all the way up here you know I mean? I'm not joking but that I've got to say um, even though I knew that I was retiring in 2000 when I started the season at West Ham and ended it in Burnley, I knew I was retiring that season. But in that season at Burnley, when I realised, listen, this game's too quick. I can't, I can't keep up with the pace of this. Told Stan to make sure that I come off the bench. Some of the things that people would shout at me oh when I was God. warming up. <laughs> really? Uh, no, not awful. And, um, you know, they're saying, oh, yeah, right. yeah, I knew you'd find your level. That sort of stuff. I was going to shout that at you on here on episode one. <laughs> you, live on way, right? <laughs> you can't even make the Burnley side. It's struggling to get into the wow. struggling to get into the Premiership play. Just saying nasty, and obviously some of the stuff they say was really nasty. But you think to yourself, yeah, but that's that's real from in respects of that, the level that I was playing at. That's that's what mm. it's about. So you know, what I mean, you deal with that. And for me. It was something that made me realise, I almost done a full circle. Sunday morning football, all the way up to there, get to there, and then bam, come there. And it was a good way to finish because we yeah. did get promotion with Burnley. And it was nice to realise that I've got to a place where this is where it kind of started in this way, even lower. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, a fall from grace for me. It was like, okay, this is quite, this, I forgot about this for like maybe 15 years, mm. you know? So it was kind of like, okay, nice. But you know what, guys? You will never see me again. After <laughs> so you know, say your words, you will never see me again. But Ryan, there's always a way. You always kind of see when a player's maybe gone going on for a season or two too long, isn't it? Oh mate, that's Musa. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Musa play. <laughs> I could I'd really love to see is he is don't 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 he don't besmirch him. He's not here to answer. He's not here to, to state his case. Oh, <laughs> wait till he hears this. What are you talking about? <laughs> what kind of number? Just quickly, uh, right? I, I never I never saw Musa play. Unfortunately, much like Cruyff, uh, I never saw him play live. So you never saw Musa and Cruyff play. I only heard the legend, <laughs> the legend of the past first striker, which is Musa Kwanga. I've only heard it in legend. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Tail wags that could clear a coffee table. Getting a whiff of a new friend's behind. Chasing squirrels, even in their sleep. Everything dogs do, they do with everything they have. Nutro Clean Recipes gives them the energy they need to keep living their best life with recipes that help them give it their all. Made with non-GMO ingredients, except the trace amounts that may come in contact during manufacturing, Nutro Natural Choice makes it easy to feed your dog well. With no artificial flavors or preservatives and recipes that would make any dog drool, you'll both be doing a happy dance when you fill up their bowl. Nutro. Feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. Around the bend, across the pond, off the beaten path, there's a lot of ways to say you're going places, but only one SUV that helps you get there as a family, the newly redesigned Hyundai Santa Fe. It's the SUV made for getting out there and doing more together. 
Take the scenic route with available H-Track all-wheel drive and a suite of intuitive safety features for more peace of mind. Plus, you'll stay comfortable wherever you're headed with the Santa Fe's available premium Napa leather seating, generous room for five, and sophisticated interior styling. Learn more about the Santa Fe by going to HyundaiUSA.com. So you went. You were at another game at the weekend at the Emirates. Yes, man. I, you know what was good about <laughs> about the Arsenal Newcastle game, and I was really pleased about that game. But what what that game showed me is the second string. At Arsenal needs massive, massive work because he's obviously trying to rest players. And you're looking at Emil Smith Rowe and his emergence in the space of three games. I'm obsessed with him. Honestly, honestly, his emergence in this in the space of three games already says to me we're going to struggle if he's if he's not involved in the link up between midfield and striker. And it's it was appropriate and apt that he was the one that scored that goal when. Lacazette came onto the field because when you looked at that game, we should have lost that game, bro. Andy Carroll's two chances mm. were guilt edged. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For me, if I'm if I'm Newcastle, like Shearer was fucking, he was fuming. He was fuming. <laughs> it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch. <laughs> you two. I honestly, honestly when you, you always know when Ian's been winding him up because the cameras come, they cut back to you guys, and he literally is trying his hardest to maintain composure. And honestly, I'm like, oh you're like Statler and Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> they need to start getting you when you do live games. I know you've kind of got like got a bit of a balcony anyway. Yeah, but you know the thing with Al? What's good what, what's good with Al is that, yes, he'll joke up to a certain point, but when Newcastle start doing stuff that gets him vexed, and I say something, it's holding me to change. It's holding me to change. It's like when the show started, I remember when the show started, I said, yeah, it was quite precarious for us when we were in 15th, but I made sure, you know, that I stayed in touch with Alan and Alan's really guided me through what it's like for a football team to be that low in the league for so long. <laughs> and he was so vexed, you didn't see it coming. But then what I was saying about that particular game was, even, even the Arsenal team that they put out, if they play to their best ability, when you watch Newcastle, they literally haven't got anything going forward. You know, Almiron's meant to be that one. Yes, they've got Callum Wilson. Maybe when um, Ryan Fraser gets fit and, you know I mean? You look at Joe Linton and honestly, you know, if, you know, we were talking about him and Pepe in the, that's 110 million pounds. When you look at that, and, you, and when you're talking about output, that's a lot of money on those two players who, mm-hmm. with all due respect, are not delivering. Not at all. Right? And so when you look at them, I'm thinking to myself, we don't really need to do much other than play well and get ourselves in a situation where somebody, because Emil Smith-Rowe didn't start right, is on that half turn to then release the front men. It didn't happen until Lacazette and the rest of the guys come. It didn't happen until Emil Smith-Rowe came on. I think that's, is that, no, but, just down to, you know, I remember when we were talking earlier on in the season about how you look, you open up like the Arsenal kind of pass maps and there's just a, <laughs> it's like, it's like a Bermuda triangle in the middle, mm. where just nothing, nothing would go, nothing would go through it. And I think just having, and this is the thing that we've kind of spoke about a million times about Ozil, just being the only guy really in the squad who could do that. Do it. Because, but also Smithrow wasn't fit, but now mm. Smithrow, Smithrow is fit again. He's coming in there and also... It's kind of like, again, it kind of feels like a bit of a free hit for him. Mm. Because 
like they couldn't really get any worse than they were. Mm. And, and I think that coming through the Christmas period and now what's that four wins in a row in yeah. competition? Yep. Mm. They're not conceding many goals and it's actually a bit like, huh, this actually works. And I think for, I think this game was really significant mm. and symbolic in a way because this is a game a year ago that Smith Rowe would have started. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And now it's like, he's actually coming on to save the game as one of the players that Arsenal will turn into. You yeah. know, like, like Martinelli as well, I think. Yes. Like, these kind of players are transitioning now into... Like impact players. Yeah, or like players that yeah, are I think actually quite reliable. Reliable and- at such a young age as well. And you know what I was going to say about him and the way he plays? You know, with, with Mesut, see Mesut sending the messages. Um, that's, a, that's another thing. You see, that it's so sad. Mesut mm-hmm. needs to be playing. Whatever people say that. about how he plays and what's happened and... I'm really fucking upset with the people that are continually talking about his money, money that we paid him, money that no one in their right mind is going to turn, turn down, money that for him and his ability at the time and what he was possibly going to do for us, he, he was worth that to us. Okay, it's not worked out how it has, how it has been, how it should have been, but Mesut is very much in his right to do what he's doing and it still pains me to know that we've had a player of that calibre and ability and we've not been able to get what we need to get out of him for him to perform. We've not been able to do it. Whatever the managers, they've got to, somewhere along the line, they've got to take that on board as well, whatever he's like, because that ability should be playing. And I hope he does get to play. Yeah, same. Emil Smith's a different kind of number 10, right? He's got a little bit more dynamism about him because he can go past people with the ball as well. How old is Mesut now? 32. It's not like he's washed. No, not at all. No, no, no. The way he plays as well, he's got style, guys, that it's, his style isn't about explosive running out of energy, That's kind not. of. His style's about yeah. getting on the ball with time and space and just it's, surgically putting, yes. a, putting a team to death. You know what we didn't mention quickly? We should mention the Villa youth. Yes. Playing against that. Like, I thought, you know, watching Barry, that, um, when Louis Barry went through, I... If it was my own son, I couldn't have wished him to score more. I couldn't. And the way, the way he took the chance was just so clinical. It's great. Such a good finish. It was great. an amazingly clinical finish. How do you finish. have that level of composure when you're that young? Because you know what's happened with him there, Jeanette? He's gone through and he's just slipped back into whether he's playing in a youth team game or anything. He didn't. And obviously... You have to think if a massive crowd was in there, because a massive crowd, if a massive crowd is in there, he wouldn't be playing. Let's face it. Um, because like they'd probably have, you know, if we didn't get to, if we weren't at the stage we are with, with COVID and everything, he probably wouldn't yeah, be yeah. playing. Yeah. So again, we could say whatever we want about COVID and our negative, what it's doing and people are not playing. But now we get to see Louis Barry. You know, we get to see somebody like that because now what I've seen of him is enough for me to say, well, I wouldn't mind seeing him again. We yeah. might yeah. see him in a certain team if you can get the ball to him in this certain kind of era because that was fantastic, the way the Villa players played for a certain amount of time in that game. Magnificent. Yeah, like the first, I want to say, what, the first 15 minutes, first hour of that what game. What was your husband like? What was he like? Was he He's, like, he's just shouting. Always <laughs> shouting. I'm like... Oh, he's a Liverpool fan, he isn't he? Chill like, out, bro. He's shouting, man. I'm like, look... The kids are sleeping. Can you just stop shouting? <laughs> and it gets really fr- it get, And I guess, like a lot of Liverpool fans, they're just getting massively frustrated at the minute because it's just silly things, isn't it? Like, you know, these things that champions shouldn't be doing. 
And I'm like, look, it's okay. It's all right. These kids had to give them a chance. If that no was our son, you'd be happy. Like, Absolutely. You know, take it for what it is. Look at the bigger picture. You'd be so much, you'd be so proud. Look at him. Do you guys follow Elsa Majimbo on, on oh, Instagram? Yes, no. I do. Like, so I think, I think someone needs yeah. to do, she needs to do a football version of like the, I would invite you over, but ooh, pandemic. <laughs> like, just like, I would get stressed about my football team, but ooh, pandemic. I'm going to send you her link. If you watch her, she is a Kenyan comedian and she is just hilarious like she's just so funny for the young kids when they're coming up and they're and they're, they're getting these opportunities to shine it's a massive massive thing isn't it and I just like we say the cup is the opportunity for them to be able to do that and it's a good time for managers to say okay you know here's your shot take it but when you when you do that as a kid is it is it dependent on the kind of team you're playing if the opportunity does arise again, for example. So the guys at Tottenham, yeah, they did it against Marine, but mm. the young kids, they did this against, you know, the first half at least against Liverpool. Does that, does that change it a bit depending on what the opposition is like? You know what? You see Divine, when Divine came on, and I think you're looking at Mourinho now, he's starting to, seem to, start to ease in young players into his vibe now. You're seeing young players, which is quite good. I'm quite pleased that he's doing, but when you saw Divine and his movement and that, Jeanette, then you're going to put him with the very best. If he's going to go to the top, then he's going to get to the, he's going to play with the best Tottenham midfield players. Best, like he's going to play with Harry Kane, play with Son. So what you look for is that movement and he's, how quickly he passes the ball and how quickly he moves. And to, his movement for his goal was fantastic. And if you get any defence, um, at whatever level, you get them and you pass it that quickly and you get into that situation. Yes, the defenders might be better, but still he's got the, confidence and the capability with the players he's playing against to maybe get that extra yard of time and space to get that shot off. Of course, against Marine, it, it will have been easier. But like when you're that young and you're playing with the good players around you, it just, it kind of elevates you even more and you do those things, you do them with even more confidence. It's like the Villa players playing against Liverpool and playing against Mane, Salah and all those players, that will give them an, an injection that will fast forward them a year in their progress. The midfield movement against their midfield, the way they've dragged their centre-halves around the place, that will take a coach a long time to continuously put that into their heads. Get that. Mm -hmm. You've got to do it. You've got to be in this position because what they will learn and what they've learned very quickly in that game, on the job, and this is why it was a sink or swim with a lot of them. It's a massive chance they took. Um, and I think that they came through the test because they Liverpool. It took Liverpool a long time to really break them down and get it going. And that sixty minutes, whatever it was, would have been one of the best educations that Villa side will have had in their whole career up to this point. Yeah, you can't teach it. It's always got to be experiential, right? Honestly, when you experience, it's like when you get a youngster who comes up and trains with the first team. You know, when you see that per when they come up, like you hear about when Ashley Cole came up, when Jack Wilshire came up, you can see. If they come in and they, 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 they play in that, 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 at that level and they're comfortable in the training, you know mm. that they're going to be fine. And that training, when they go back to their own guys, they'll have moved on. So even the, the, their own guy, even the own guys they, that they're playing on the level with will see that they're doing different things. It's all about being amongst the first And team. just doing a bit more. Can I just give a shout out to Sheffield United? Yes, man. Practically winning the game. I was so happy. Without taking a piss, Jeanette, oh, I was man. quite happy. Because they needed it. Absolutely. What? What's the longest dry spell you've had, right, Iwe? It just hasn't worked out. Like the team is just not getting it right. You see, this is the thing is when we played, I can't even remember 
the longest we went when, oh my God, we're under pressure. Because when we were in a season, I think it was, we was in and around the, the fifth, the 12s and 14s, we were doing brilliantly in the Cup Winners' Cup and the FA Cup. So it didn't feel like, oh my gosh, pressure. Yeah. Because the, 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 the Sheffield United pressure is a pressure that I don't think any of them have felt in their, in their careers up to this point. And even that game, they won it 3-2 in the end. Yeah. But there would have been times in that game where they're just thinking, oh my God, can we ever yeah. win? Get Are we ever going to win again? Yeah. Yeah. So coming off of that win, whatever people say about the win and they, they've got, it will do amazing things for their confidence. And if they're watching Newcastle, the Newcastle, especially that I watched the other day, obviously Callum Wilson's going to come back in and he's a yeah. threat, but they have to be going for it against them. They've got no choice. They have to. They have to take something from that game. They have to build on that game. And it's very tough. It's tough. Six months, yeah. no win. Oh. We just had it like end here in Germany. Schalke finally won a game. On, if, they'd, if they'd hadn't won on the weekend, they would have equaled the all-time winless Bundesliga streak, which has been held by Tasmania Berlin, who are now in the fifth tier of German football. And it got to the point where Tasmania fans were celebrate, uh, were supporting Schalke because they really wanted to keep the record. They wanted to keep, it's a mass- they wanted to keep yeah. the lowest. So it's, a, it's, it's a massive part of Tasmania's identity and they really love the record and Schalke <laughs> didn't want it. So they were trying to root for Schalke. Brilliant. And That's what, do, you know what, do you know what happened? Run. Kolasinac goes on loan back to Schalke, starts the game, captains them. They win 4-0 over Hoffenheim. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know where. It's and that was from the first first win in the league in thirty one games. Schalke, and this is a side who were in the Champions League knockouts. What two and a half, three seasons ago? Thirty one games. God, yeah. do you dig deep for something like that? I don't even know where. To yeah. Where? How? I know, but you can do it. You can do it. It's there. You just got to keep believing. This episode is brought to you by Three M. 3M has always been driven to improve lives with science and innovation. It's this forward-thinking mindset that led 3M to invent household items you've come to know and love, like post-it notes and command hooks. But 3M believes they have a responsibility to use their science to improve lives in even more ways. That's why they're responding to the COVID-19 crisis by working on solutions for some of today's biggest challenges. As a leading provider of personal protective equipment, 3M is producing critical products for healthcare workers and first responders and donating to local and humanitarian aid partners around the globe. They're also making more respirators than ever before, with plants working around the clock, producing more than 95 million respirators per month in the U.S., helping those on the front lines continue the fight. 3M Science. Applied to life. Learn more about how 3M is helping the world respond to the COVID-19 pandemic at 3M.com slash COVID. See Fran Kirby. Oh See, my God. First of all, can I just very quickly before you even get to Fran, okay? <laughs> the WSL. Mm-hmm. In, in the last what, week or so, this is the first time I've seen the press and the media get into the women about their conduct as footballers. Normally when the headlines are on, it's yes. all about equality, equal pay or, you know, something. This time it's like, oh, so you want to go to Dubai? You don't, you know, and it was like, wow, they were yeah. really, really getting it in the neck. I was neck. quite I pleased. Thought, I was quite pleased. Yeah, in a way, mm-hmm. in a really weird way. It's a, it's, a, it's a terrible headline and yeah, you know, some really silly mis- decisions were made. But in a way it's like, oh, they're actually getting seen now on par 
Good. in terms of making sure that this is an elite game. Because that's what we've, that's, yeah, but that's what everybody who's fighting for the, um, yeah. the WSL and the women's game and, and equality in, in, in respect to the women's game and how we want to see it and what they need and how they need to progress. So everybody's fighting for that. So you can't, on the other hand, say, yeah, but they're just, you've got to, they've got to step up as well. They have to. They have to step up as well. That's why I love Casey Stoney, man, the Terminator. That's why I love Casey Stoney coming out saying that, yo, yo, Wait, listen. Yo. I'll take it on my shoulders. Mm. I shouldn't have let them go. My yeah. fault. Bam. I would love to have seen some of the players come out more and say something, but at the same time. None of them time, have, Ian. None, oh, of, them none have. of them have. Because I think that they're not experienced enough to feel like, yeah, let me just take this on the chin. Mm. Everybody wants to post and do their stuff. But with this, just say, because I know, um, and, and uh, I say, in fact, I say, hearing from certain people that there's a lot of the, like the players at Arsenal who were very disappointed with that. Mm. Yeah, very, very disappointed. So that's why all I done was I just put out a tweet saying, "Listen, man, it'll be nice now to see a couple of apologies. Move on, keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. you know, a couple of apologies and keep it moving." But like we started talking about Frank Kirby, and I watched the goals again um, this morning, um, and it's her story though. Oh, yeah, don't, I'm so glad she's back. Honestly, I'm so glad because that was so. Worrying, I thought. It was very yeah. worrying. It seemed to happen out of nowhere. Yeah, but that's what happened. People don't really... When you're, when you're a footballer and you get a kind of a, an injury, like what's it called? Pericarditis she had. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. it's um, like membrane building up around the heart. Yeah. The point I was going to make is, is that when you're a footballer, you get an injury, you think, okay, I know that. But when you get that kind of injury... Yeah, that's a condition. condition. Yeah, it's not even like, you know, how do you manage it? How do you fix it? There's so yeah. many questions and I guess coaches and sports scientists, it's just, it's so rare. They wouldn't know how to manage that at, you know, at an elite level play. So I, it, it, for someone like Fran to be able to do what she's done, you know, she gets injured a lot. Let's be honest. Like, you know, she, she, she is really, really susceptible to injuries anyway, like muscular injuries, but to do what she's been able to, to do and, and come back and have the heart to do it. She mm. just loves ball. Like flowers. she's got she loves, Go get a flat. She's got four out of five mm-hmm. against her old club. And it's like, I know. You, you, you look at someone like her. And I think the first time I met Fran, oh, it was years ago, we were doing something for, for a charity, for a youth charity. And um, she was a really young player at the time. And I was actually speaking. She was a part of the workshop I was speaking to. And um, we were talking about like, you know, stress and anxiety and the kind of things that really affect players. And she she mentioned that she opened up a little bit about her, mm. her past, her mum, yeah, and past, how it yeah. feel. And when she was 14, wasn't it? Yeah, she was tiny mm. and her mum was her biggest fan. And you just think to yourself, like when you're playing for a bigger purpose, then that's when you can see it. Like you can mm. see it in her that that's what she's about. Like, I just, I love her to be. She gave up at 16. Yeah. So when you look at like what she's gone through there um, with the pericarditis, losing her mum, giving up the game, and then you look at her going through everything she's going through. And then you're looking at Chelsea. They're signing Sam Kerr, mm-hmm. Gura Wrighton, you know, Pernil Harder. Seeing all that happen, seeing the emergence of, as well of Beth England doing all yeah. the stuff, what they're it doing. Around you. And for her to continue to where she found it from. And we know she's been very vocal on mental, mental health and all that sort of stuff. For her, she's got to get flowers simply because of what she's been through. People don't realise what the journey takes. Because people now will see, um, maybe her scoring these four goals is for people to understand what she's done to get to this place yeah. where she's had to fight to get back, to get into that team, to score those four goals so that maybe we should be, 
we should be talking about her like this. She should be spoken about like this. Mm-hmm. Now, I heard Emmett Hayes, Ryan, talking about she should be in and around the England side. She should be in and around that GB side now as a starter Easy. with her form, you know? I, I literally cannot praise her high enough for what she's been through because being a player who's been fortunate enough to not get the injuries that some people get, but then get injuries that have got nothing to really do with football, but mm. real health condition and come back from it and do what she's doing now. I don't think I've got enough flowers. I think because you, you were, well, you mentioned it on last week's show with Musa where you were talking about how, you know, players getting injured mm-hmm. and how it's like, you, you can't help it. With Fran, I think people have easily forgotten actually how devastating she was not long before her injury. Mm. Like she was, wasn't she a player of the year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best talents in the Women's Super League. Mm. And because of the influx that Chelsea have had and had it and added to like an already stacked squad and because she was kind of out of, like her timetable was there's no way people weren't thinking right she's on her way out it couldn't have been yeah because there was no there was no definite like Mm. comeback time it was kind of like she's out indefinitely at the moment there was no timetable put on her recovery that's credit to Chelsea isn't it credit to Emma Emma Hayes Hayes sticking with it understanding it I mean Emma Hayes is such a G though she's like she's a G now you look at the WSL and this is where I think you look at the coaches in that top three You've got like Casey Stoney, you've got Joe Montemora and you've got Emma Hayes. Three very different coaches, three coaches that you would imagine any player would want to play for, for very different reasons. Joe with his bracelet. (laughs) (laughs) That's Australian, man. Australia, you've got to have his bracelet, bro. Sunglasses on his head. Like, that's obviously my favourite Joe, where it was like, where's that snood from? Joe's snood collection, I think is out out of control. You see with them three, what you've mentioned there, right? Joe Montemera, Emma Hayes, and uh, Casey Stoney. I, I like that level of coach mm-hmm. yeah. in, in the women's game. When you look at the way those three teams play, that's the standard. Yeah. Because mm. the thing with them is that when you watch them and when you watch them come up against a team and they click into that gear, it's almost like, it's, it's almost cruelty. Mm-hmm. It's almost cruelty how good and how energetic, how intense they are. Yeah. You mentioned them and rightly so as well. Because those are the levels that now I want to, that, that's the level that the others should be looking at and saying, that's what we should be doing. Yeah. That's how we should be doing it. Do you want to talk any more about Fran? I just wanted to, with Fran, just for it to continue because her story, and what I want as well, we've got to find, there's got to be some form of platform that, that we've got to try and find. Someone's got to try and find where her story can be told. So as, young girls and, and, and young ladies and young girls in the game. She is obviously got to be one of the pioneers in respects of elite football. Yeah. Girl, just like Kelly Smith was. 100%. What, what, what Fran has done up to this point, like I say, she gave the game up 14. She lost her mum, gave the game up, came back in. Now she's got, she went through a pericarditis. She's gone through that. She's gone through watching teams come in, watching, watching players come in. And then she's still found it somewhere in the women's game, you know, the oppressed women's game, you know, to, to, to still get to the very, very highest echelons of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, she, she's got to get the flowers for it. And that's what I want more. They need to get more platforms to be able to mm-hmm. hear these stories. She did do a video on Players Tribune a couple of years ago about uh, losing her mum, mm-hmm. but I don't, I think this was before her 
uh, uh, condition got diagnosed. Yeah, so it was more. It's more of a story to be told. Like, and she seems. Get on here. To, yeah, mm. I think we should. I think you know she. She's willing. It. She's willing to talk about it as well because she understands the power and the impact of of a story like that. You know what was mm. Phil Neville calling her? Mini Messi. Mini Messi. Mini Messi. <laughs> Before we bounce, are you guys watching anything at the moment? I need some stuff to watch. You know what? I'm really into the Crown. Go on, the go crown. on, Jeanette. Oh. Have you watched The Crown? I just finished season four, yeah. I'm on season one of The Crown. Love it. I'm only watching it when I'm travelling up and down from Manchester because it's the only time I can be uninterrupted. And I'm saving Mandalorian as well. But okay. like, oh. um, Do you watch This Is Us? I've watched a couple. It's quite deep. It's a lot. It is a lot. My husband's just started watching it. and he's Does he like it? it? He loves it. His reactions are literally gold because I've seen it all pretty much I watched it by myself mm. and then I'm now sitting kind of watching it half with him whilst trying to do other things and he's literally like oh my god and I'm having to stop myself from being like just wait and see what happens so I think get into This Is Us and I'm hearing loads about Brigid- Brigitten? Bridgerton oh yeah I don't know some sort no. of drama that looks a little bit hot so uh, I'll, I'll watch a bit of that I guess you know but, what uh, I might watch that thing of witches I saw that advertised was it something of witches on I see it advertised on Sky that, that, that didn't work does it <laughs> but like when it kept coming up it kept coming up about the witches and I thought I need to watch that the, the discovery of witches the discovery of witches discovery that kind of stuff I quite like it because I'm I'm a little bit scared because from, from, a, from a young from a young kid I don't like horror films so if there's stuff that happens that's too suspense too much suspense or too or you can feel feel like the horror's coming it's like you know when we was really younger, you lot won't remember, but like when he was really young, the camera, the person who was going to do bad stuff, you'd only see his feet. And so, you know, and I remember my brother, my brother used to do that to me when we was younger, when he's, and he used to do a face like, he used to do a face like this. And I, cause it used to frighten me cause he knew I was scared of films. So he'd do a face like this and do that slow feet walking. And I'd say, stop it, Morris. Stop it! And he would, he would act like he's, he, he can't hear me because he's in a trance. He was so horrible That's to so me. Creepy. <laughs> was so horrible. So I don't like, so I'm going to watch it for a bit. And then what will happen is, if it's too scary, I'll just start watching it. Yeah. You can always turn it off. I just start, if anything happens to it where I'm like, whoa, that's a bit. Nope, I just I'm go. Out. I'm out. <laughs> Done. Have you guys seen Soul yet? No, because my girls want to watch it, but yeah. we're kind of waiting. Are they, too, are they too young? I feel like it's a bit of like an adult, young, no. young adult film as opposed to kids' kids. Is it deep? Yeah, man, it's layered, baby. Oh, right, yeah, I, won't, I won't put it's the layered. Okay, I'll watch like it. Cars. Me and my girls watched Cars again the other day. Cars is beautiful, man. That is sad. <laughs> I, love how, I love how much you rep Cars. <laughs> I love Cars, man. Beautiful. Because, you know what, as well, I've been on Route 66 and it's it's a, it's like, it's a shame. <laughs> is it the same? Is it exactly shame. the same? You know, no, but everything's closed down and there's things like, you know, they've closed everything down and it's something to do with American heritage and it's something that they should have kept, but they put a highway in. So people can blast past these people. Yeah. You should have done something what, what you had to go in and skirt on it. And so you say, you know what, let me stop here for a bit. Land Route yeah. 66, let me do, and then go back on. You know what I mean? Like they just completely just went, yeah, there's Route 66. It's so cool. There's songs about it, for Christ's sake. <laughs> just like, everybody's like driving on the freeway. See, I said freeway, not motorway there. <laughs> and, and you can see Route 66 down there. You think, empty. Oh, for a roadkill. Okay, spoiler alert. I've never seen Cars, but now that you've hyped it. And then I watched the first the Cars. Yeah, I'll put the kids. Lightning McQueen, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning McQueen. You know something? 
I'm telling you, man. Cars, me, cars touch, touch me. It touch, it touch me deep. I'm gonna watch it. Pixar films do that to the other right? It's like they do this. They follow this. It's like they get it. They get me every time. It's like, oh, this is a really happy beginning. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, then look, it's everything's great. happening. It's just like, no, 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 don't go off the reef. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Have you seen Shrek Forever After? No, I haven't. I haven't seen that What's one. What's wrong with you, lot? Sorry, guys. Uh, Sorry, man. I like you know. Shrek Forever After. You know what Shrek Forever After's got? Because like, you I, I live in Berlin. I've got a rep to uphold. You should hear, you should hear, hear the Shrek. song. Some of the songs. Like what's the couple of songs? What's the song? Like um, you should you hear sing, the song. Right? What, um, no, no, no. I'm not going to sing. Please. Pied Piper. The way they ease it, like the Pied Piper comes in with his Pied Piper on, and he's playing tunes, and like it's the, it, the rats. What you know? Because they say the rats followed him. The rats are like his skateboard. So he comes in and then he stops piping and then they just scatter and he just hits the ground. <laughs> and like, you know, the Pied Piper, the way he got Shrek and Fiona, because he's trying to get Shrek and Fiona for Rumpelstiltskin. It's amazing. It's like he was playing the song. Shake your groove thing, shake your groove thing. <laughs> we got it, we got it right. Right, so what happens is, right, when they do that, because it's a spell, they can't help dancing. So you've got... <laughs> You've got all the <laughs> you've got all the ogres who cannot stop dancing because when the Pied Piper plays, you can't stop. It was like, and then the cat says, "Oh my God, quick, let's get them out of here before they fandango themselves into oblivion." Can I just say one thing? I can't believe that we got a more detailed breakdown of fucking Shrek Ever After than any other game oh, that we've ever done. Oh, right, I was about to say, oh my gosh, that's the when kind of thing we need much of the day. Like, but the thing is, tactical, the next level tactical breakdown, like expected lols. <laughs> Can I tell you, Shrek Forever After, I always cry. That, 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 that MB, I always cry. I can't help it. I've never because seen it. it's about love. Oh, so cars, Shrek forever after. Shrek forever after. What the first cars? The other two were money makers. The first one was <laughs> unbelievable. Okay, have you seen Inside Out? Yeah. What are you talking about? I love that film. Of course, you saw Inside Out. <laughs> Ages. There's not. A, there's not a, a child, a children's film that I've not seen. We've seen everything. <laughs> That's why we had to. We promoted ourselves the other day. We was watching Harry Potter, but we stopped with the chambers. Of secrets because it kind of got a bit scary for me. <laughs> for you, the kids yeah, I don't like, 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 like it. I don't like <laughs> Voldemort's face, and I didn't like it. Oh my god, fantastic! Oh wow. <laughs> um, I, on, on that note, time to leave. We got. I got. So I got to go home and watch many movies. Now. Okay, you got to watch that. Make sure you watch that. So that I'll be asking questions the next time. You know, watch it with the kids, man. Watch it with your old man as well. Let I'm him watch. It. We'll sit it down. Watch cars, cars, and watch and Shrek forever after. after. How many strikes are there? Sorry, last question. Oh, that was about five. Four or four, I think. <laughs> okay. It's four, but the, but the Shrek, that story, when, when you see it anyway, you'll see. And Eddie Murphy is a donkey. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. That's um, the way they get the characters in. You know? Do you know what we should do? You know what we should do? We should like go a bit stadio and write his house and do a Shrek 11. Shrek 11. <laughs> or recast Shrek as footballers. Yes. Let's do that. Okay, let me get into, let me, let me clear up on my Shrek and then we can do that. Yeah, we have to all do it. We have to do a group watch. Okay. Do a Netflix party. Right, it's house Netflix. (laughs) We'll do that. Awesome. All right, let me see you soon, my darling. God bless. Right, thanks a lot, my friend. Thanks for having me. Take it easy. Take it easy. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode of Righty's House with the wonderful uh, Jeanette Quashe and Ryan Hun. We'll see you again next week. 
Have a good week up until then. Be safe, everybody. Be safe.